0: So all of heaven is watching the earth all the time, looking for a man or a woman that's going to use the Word of God, that's going to speak the Word of God, that's going to move on the Word of God. And when they do, heaven moves.
1: Hello, everyone. We are so glad you have joined us today here on the program, More Than Conquerors. And if you're viewing us by videos or you're listening by podcast, we are just delighted that you have joined us, and we're we're excited to talk to you today about some great things that that we feel like that will help you. And because everything that we do, we we just really want to help you. Um, we would like to share with you some principles that we feel like will help, uh, just you know, make it. Do what you need to do for Jesus. <laughs> Take care of your family and uh, do the things that we know that will be pleasing to the Lord and cause your life to be so very, very blessed. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. You don't thank God for the word.
1: Amen. I That's don't, right. Uh,
0: you know, there's all kinds of Christians.
1: Yes.
0: Uh, there's Christians of every denomination. Yes. Uh, there's Christians that believe the Bible. and Christians that don't believe the Bible. Right. Christians that sort of believe the Bible. Christians right. that, that think that they get a special dispensation from God that He deals with <laughs> them a little bit different than everybody else. I mean, they're you know. Bottom line is, right. is you can, I'm you can serve doctrine. <laughs> you bottom line is you can serve God any about any way you want to, and God's still going to love you. No, that's it right. Has nothing to do with the love of God.
1: No, that's right. God will always love you. That's what Romans chapter eight. Be good to go. Read that this
0: week. But <laughs> you can't just serve God any way you want to and still make. God work for you. No, that's still make right. heaven work for you. Still make right. the angels work for you. Still make the word of God work right. for you. If we're gonna, if we're gonna really make this thing work, right, and really please God, the heart of God, that's the thing. Then Jesus said, "If you love me, right, I'll keep my commandments." Oh,
1: that's so good. And that's John fifteen. Y'all need to read that so too. Do say, some uh, homework. People
0: say they love God, and I say, "I know you do." That's right. You know, and they say, "Yeah, but no, no, there's no buts." Yeah. Uh, if you love God, you keep his commandments. That's right. You know, it's, it's, you don't, you don't get this special dispensation. You don't get a hall pass and say, well, right. this doesn't apply to you. <laughs> that's and, right. And I've had that's friends right. over the years, you know, some really close friends that just thought they lived by a different set of rules. That's
1: exactly you right. Know, they
0: just thought, well, the speed limit doesn't apply to me. All the rules were for
1: somebody else. <laughs> all the
0: rules are from somebody else or, yeah. or this doesn't apply to me or that doesn't apply to me. But it, man, and that's fine. You can love God and God can love you no matter what good or bad or right. goofy state you're living right. in, but to make things work. Yes. If you're wanting to live by faith and make the word of God yeah. work, then you're going to have to conform. That's right. Everybody say conform. You're going to have to conform <laughs> to some some <laughs> spiritual principles right. and scriptural laws. And people That's don't like right. the word law, but there's nothing wrong with the word law. Thank God for law. I like right. law. You know, I'd hate to go downtown Houston or or Miami or Chicago or, you know, New York City, and there's no law. There's no police. They're talking now about defunding yeah. the police, dear Lord. What a, what a mess that would be. What a dangerous, right. deadly situation that would be. We we appreciate those laws. I'd right. hate to go downtown Houston. Uh, you know, we're close to Houston. That's why I'm saying Houston. And, um, and, and none of the stoplights work. Mm. You know, everybody's driving the way they want to. You know, the Bible tells us in the last verse of the book of Judges it says in that day yes <laughs> there was not a king right and so every man lived
1: did that yeah you know, which was right in their own eyes
0: according to that which was right in his own, and sight. Their own sight and that was a mess that was a disaster god even it said it was a disaster it is. And it reminds me of the church kind of a little bit, you know, today of of everybody saying, well, no, I I serve God like this, or I do God like this, or or I I know God said this, but here's how God deals with me. I've had so many people over the years, I'm sure all pastors have, saying now, now, here's how God deals with me, brother. I said, no, he doesn't. He deals with you the same way he deals with everybody else. Here's his word. Here's what he said. And he's not going to change his mind. No matter how you live it out, he's still going to change his mind. And he says, is he still going to love you? Sure, he's still going to love you. It's just not going to work for you. Right. The way it would work if you do it the way he said do it. I'd always right. rather follow the guy that knows what he's doing. I mean, he made no, the rules. That's right.
1: That's right. Well, you know, and, a lot of the season that we're in too is going into the summer months and uh all of the things that uh kids have been in school over the last, you know, well, sort nine of. yeah, <laughs> sort of. And uh, then going in the summer and, and all the things that people are, are dealing with right now, high gas prices. And then, uh, they are, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of kids are going to be home. But you know, with you, what you, what you were saying about the chaos, you know, everybody doing that, which is right in their own eyes. You can't have that in a family. No, of course not. You can't have that in a business. You couldn't have that in a classroom at school. So how, how do people think they're going to get away with something like that, darling? You know, (laughs) when in
0: dealing with the Lord? Well, it's that, it's that spirit of lawlessness. Right. It's like some of these knot-headed uh, professional sports people. Right. Some of them are, are so good, right? And they make so much money, right? That they think the laws don't apply to them, the rules don't apply to them, right? And so they just tell the coach, "Hey, coach, you don't make as much money as I do, and so you can't sit me on the bench because I'm your star." And so they oh, just wow. start doing their own thing, right? And yet we've seen down through history, it never works for them. No, and they doesn't. go out in the world and treat women horribly because they think they can just do what they want to, and right. they, they can they can drive drunk because they think they can do what they want to, right. and then they kill somebody. It personal, just never it just never works yeah. out when you don't adhere. To what God said, God will still love you. It's just not going to work for you. You know, you know. Even even in the summertime, you know, uh, typically the, the churches talk about a summer slump. You know that, that people don't go to church <laughs> in the slump. summertime. Don't slump. And I've always prayed against that all my life. I said, God, don't let the church have us. And I'm not a pastor. I'm just praying for the church in general. Uh, God, don't let the church have a summer right. slump. We don't we don't take off from God just no because summer it's summertime. Slump. And we have to stay consistent, constantly. I, I right. think of King David, whenever he. He went down uh, in a particular place and he was going to he thought, I need to sacrifice to God. I'm fixing to go to war. I'm fixing to do these things. I I need to make a sacrifice to God. So he goes down to this place where the threshing floor was, where they threshed out the wheat and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he said to the owner, he said, said, you need to sell me a bunch of this uh, so I can go sacrifice and give it to God. And the owner said, oh, you're the king. I wouldn't charge you for it. You just, you just take it. I'll, I'll take care of the bill. You're, there's no, no charge for you, king. And David said, it's the most powerful, powerful thing. Yes. He said, no, I will pay full price. He said, I, I will not give God something which costs me nothing.
1: That's right.
0: That's and I tell you, right. the t- I, I think the church ought to go back to that. I agree. Well, what has it cost you
1: to yes. serve God? Yes.
0: Oh. I know missionaries that have buried one, two, three wives. Yes, yes. Buried one, two, three children in the mission yes, field. Yes, right. Uh, it's cost them something. Right. Uh, you know, I, I buried a wife and a son. You've buried a husband. I mean, it it, it costs. And we're the good
1: guys. We are you know? the ones <laughs> trying to try and do something for Jesus. And David yeah. said,
0: "I will not." Yeah, right. Give God that which cost costs me. Cost me nothing. nothing. If the church had that that idea, that mindset, right. that I am not going to give God something that doesn't cost me, I'm right. going to give something precious to the Lord. That's right. I'm going to do something for God. Amen. I mean, one time I was in the in the Mexican state of Colima, in the in the capital city of Colima, which is Colima City. Right. It's Colima, Colima, like Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Right. Um, and um, uh, I wanted to have an open air crusade, miracle crusade, salvations, miracles, blind eyes, open deaf ears, and stuff like I like I do. This was years ago, back in the 70s. And uh, so and I just really had it in my heart. I'm supposed to have a crusade in Colima. And so I went to Colima and I went to the to the mayor of the city uh-huh. and I walked in his office and said, Mr. Mayor, I'm Terry Mize and I'm, I'm here and I want to have a crusade and I'm going to help your city. I'm going to help your people. I'm going to tell them about Jesus. And I'm going to pray for them uh i'm not protesting the catholic church i'm not going to talk bad about the church i'm going to talk about jesus and people are going to have blind eyes open deaf ears unstop cripples are going to walk it's going to be wonderful and be such a blessing to your city and he said no you can't do it it's illegal well i knew that i knew it was illegal it's illegal against the laws of mexico at that time to do a meeting like that and uh, in fact the constitution actually read there'll be no religious instruction given anywhere in any building other than a state-owned church well, and, and so, uh, and I was want to use the bull ring, you know, and so um, he said, "No, it's, it's illegal. You can't do it." And I talked to him, and he, he said, "No." And I talked to him, and he said, "No." And I talked to him, and he said, "No." And finally, I just stood up and just put my hands on his desk and leaned over, looked him right in the eyes, and I said, "I said, how long has it been since you've done something?" For the glory of God, you have the power and the authority sitting right there in this chair Mm -hmm. to do something for heaven, to do something for God, to do something to bless the people of your city. They'll cost you nothing. That's right. And I said, how long has it been since you've done something for just for the glory of God, not for a feather in your cap or money in your pocket, but for the glory of God. And that man sat there and looked at me and sat there and looked at me and tears started running down his face. Wow. And he said, you know, my mama loved God. My mama went to church. And he said, okay, you can have the meeting. He said, there's one thing that we have a problem. He said, you can't call it a crusade. You can't call it a Christian crusade uh, because it's illegal. You can't do that. So what are we going to call it? And I said, we'll call it. And God just gave me this. I said, we'll call it a congress that's what a word they use in Spanish. Like We'd use it as a conference or a seminar. Mm-hmm. But I said, we'll call it a Congress for the Betterment of Mexican Children.
1: <laughs> My thinking good, was didn't? if their
0: mom and daddy get saved, it'll right. be better for the kids. right? You right. Know? And I said, we'll call it a Congress for the Betterment of Mexican Children. And he just smiled and said, I like it. Let's do it. And we, we had this open air crusade there in the bull ring blind eyes open, deaf ears unstopped. It was a marvelous, marvelous thing. And I, I've used that phrase so many times, Renee, over the, over the decades. And said, What have you done? Right. What have you done for right. the glory of God? What have I done? You know, and I look at pastors the sometimes, A God Pastor, the when's the last time you did something just for the glory of God? Just for the glory of God. Look at the congregation God. and say, What's the last time you've done something? I could look at our audience today and say, "What's when's the last yes, time right. you've done something that just for Jesus. just to bring glory to God, <laughs> just right. to help right. God, just to help?" heaven just to help people not you, you know we we preach a lot on prosperity and i taught a message last night that was just marvelous on prosperity and, right. and on healing and the purpose of it because it's right. not it's not the charismatic yeah. called the cadillacs condominiums and cruisers <laughs> it's about helping people <laughs> and know, doing winning souls and, and doing missions God wants and, to bless you and, oh yeah i had a guy come to me after service last night and he said he's a military he said that's the first prosperity message i've ever heard in my life that i liked and that's the first prosperity message I ever heard in my life that that made sense. Right. And I said, well, of course it makes sense because it's prosperity for what? It's prosperity for a purpose. For a purpose. It's health that's for right. what? Health for a purpose. Boy, and, that's uh, right. You know, Fred Price, my dear friend. In fact, we just buried Fred uh, back in March. And uh, he was my dear friend for 43 years. And I preached in his church for every year forever and ever and ever. And, um, and the family called me and asked me if I'd come have a part of his funeral. That They couldn't have many people because of COVID. But they asked me if I'd come and have a part, and I was honored to do that. But but Fred was one of the greatest men on the planet, just an apostle of God, not just a pastor, but an ap- absolute apostle. But um, he heard me preach on missions, Renee, back in 1979. And uh, we were at a conference, at a convention in, in Fort Worth, Texas. And uh, I got up and preached on missions. Kenneth Hagan, brother Hagan, had told me to. He said, "You yeah. preach on missions." He said uh, He said, back when we were all pastors, when we were all in denominations, he said, the, the denomination headquarters told us what to do about missions, and we did, and we were happy to do it. And headquarters said, buy this missionary car and build this missionary church and <laughs> and, and pay for this well, project and do this. And we'd, we'd do it because that's headquarters fun. said, do it. And we knew we had to do missions. Yes. He said, but now we're all non denominational. Right. And there's no headquarters anymore. And he said, so many pastors don't do anything for missions. Simply because they don't know how, they don't know what. There's nobody right. telling them. And he said, right. You've got, Terry, you've got to be the headquarters. He said, You've got to tell us what to do. You've got to tell us what to do with missions. Gloria uh, Glory Colbin called me one time about that same genre of time, about that same time frame. It said, Terry, come over and teach Kenneth and I about missions. We need to know about missions. And uh, but anyway, so so Fred had been a Baptist pastor. And uh all those years in his Baptist church, he did missions. Right. But then he left and became non-denominational, and of course he right. had built uh, Crenshaw Christian Center at that time. He hadn't built the Faith Dome yet, which he later built right. a big ten thousand seat auditorium right. called the Faith Dome. He hadn't done that yet. He was still on on uh, Crenshaw Street over there in Inglewood, and uh, uh, but he heard me preach on missions, and he came up to the to the platform after I'd finished preaching and grabbed me by my coat lapels. He's taller than me. Everybody's taller than me. But he he grabbed me by my coat lapels like this and just pulled me up to him. Wise up on my tiptoes, and we're nose to nose, you know. And he said, Terry, you have set a fire down on the inside of me with what you preach today. He said, I've, I, I've got to do more for missions. He said, I've done some things for missions. But he said, I, I've got money in the bank that could go to missions. And he said, you you, you call me. I need to talk to you. And <laughs> so, so Wonderful. then I preached another message. He had me come to preach, and, and, and I started preaching for him every year. But... uh he, he got so excited and turned on about like the message I preached last night uh, and, and along the lines of missions. And what, what have you done for the glory of God? What are you going to do for, uh, to, to get the world saved, right, or, to vindicate right. the blood of Jesus? Right. I mean, it's up to the Christian to vindicate the blood of Jesus. Jesus right. shed the blood. Right. And for me and you, he, he did something.
1: Yeah. But for the right.
0: sinner out there that hadn't accepted him, Jesus did nothing for them. Right. If they die and go to hell, his blood is worthless to them. That's exactly right. Well, I mean, you knew his blood was redemption. We're saved. We're born again. We're on our way to heaven. Glory to God. But for those, that person that dies and goes to hell, Mm -hmm. Jesus' blood was wasted. No, that's right. Jesus spilled his blood, paid his blood for nothing because they go to hell. So, uh, Fred started preaching all over the country. Uh, The message that I preached. And and I'm not talking behind his back. He told this himself, and plus his family tells it. And he says, Terry, you changed my life. It literally changed my life. And and his daughter Angie, who ran the ministry for years, and years, a great, wonderful woman of God and a good friend. And she called me one day and she said, Terry, you know, Daddy's preaching your messages all over the country and all over the world. And I said, Well, praise the Lord. I mean, you know, if he's preaching my message, I know it's good. That's that's great. <laughs> but she said, No, he's preaching prosperity with purpose. Yeah. That he got from you. And Fred would do that. He'd say it's prosperity with purpose. There's a reason. There's a reason for it. prosperity. That's right. And um, but, it, but it, it's got to come back to what, what have we done? Exactly. What have we done for the kingdom of God? And so all That's of us right. that preach prosperity, plus everybody that doesn't, every preacher, I guess, in the pulpit, anywhere, any <laughs> brand of church, always gets up in the pulpit to take up an offer and says, God will bless you back. <laughs> and that's true. Yeah, right. And we preach that, and we talk about seed time and harvest, and giving and receiving, and 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 deposit and withdrawal, and 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 reaping, and so we we preach all that. We believe it. It's the Bible. But every now and then, you know, you know me. Every now and then, you'll hear me stand up in the pulpit and say, "I know God says He'll bless us back." I know Jesus himself said it, that if you give, it'll be given you again, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I know Jesus himself said, whatever you give for my sake and the gospel will be returned to you a hundredfold. I know, that, I know that Paul said that God will take the seed sown when you're a sower and you sow the seed, When you, God will take that seed sown and multiply it back to you. I said, I know all that. I said, but sometimes let's just give to God because we love him. That's right. I mean, when I was a little boy, I gave to God because I loved him. I right. didn't know he'd bless me back. <laughs> and, and I paid tithes just because I That's loved right. him and because the Bible right. said to do it. There was no, there was nothing in it for me that I could That's see. Right. That's uh, right. It was there in the Bible all along. It was there for me. But but I didn't know that when I was raised in church because they didn't tell me that. They just said, the Bible says pay tithes, so do it. And I said, yes, sir. <laughs> and my mama said, pay tithes, boy. And I said, yes, ma'am. And uh, And give offerings. And we just gave to God back then just because we loved him. I think every now and then we ought to just, just give to God because we love Him. Give oh, to that's God because right. we want to help Him, not because we want to help us.
1: That's right. That's you know, most right. Most people
0: give today. Right? No, I shouldn't say most people. Many people give today because uh, they want God to help them. They want God to multiply it back to them. They want God to give back. And there's nothing wrong with that. But how about just giving to God because you love Him? And you want to further his cause. That's right. You want to win souls. You want to help widows. You want to help orphans. You want to help the poor. You want to, you want to evangelize the world. You want that's people right. not to go to hell. Uh, and, and David said, I I will not give God something that costs me nothing. And I just think that's such a powerful, powerful thing, Renee. And, and as I've traveled the nations of the world for 53 years, it's cost me a lot. You know, it's cost me health, it's cost me you know, wear and tear and beaten up and I believe God and stay healthy, but still, you know, there's a cost to it. Uh-huh. Uh there's a cost to sitting in those airplanes all those hours, all those years. You know, there, there's a cost to to being away from your home. It's a cost to not sleeping in your own bed. There's a cost to not uh, leaving your kids and your grandkids and your wife. There's a there's a cost over the years uh that you're 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 doing this thing for and, and, and I do it again and again and again. I mean, I, I've, I've said many times people say, Brother Terry, in 53 years of ministry, do you have any regrets? And I always say, yeah, I do have one. I regret that I only have one life to give for God. Uh, I wish I had three or four or five lives to give. I only have one. So how how could I give any less than my best? Uh-huh. I've got to give my best. And there's people dying out there. There's people that are lost, that are undone without God and his son. There's people. There's orphans that need fed. There's there's widows that need help. There's right. poor people that need help. Right. There's sinners that are going to hell. Uh, uh, how can we sit home uh, and just say, God bless me, my wife, son, his wife, us, four, and no more? How, how can we just say, God bless me, God bless, bless me, bless me, bless me? We, we've got to be involved. Uh, with the gospel, we've got to be involved with missions. We've got, you know, with missions. I've told pastors over all these years, and sometimes I made them mad. But I said, you don't, pastor, you don't have a choice about missions. You, you don't get to say, mission should I do it or not? No, you don't get to say that. You don't get to say, well, oh, I pass. No, you can't pass. The word says, Jesus said, get the gospel to the world. Go into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. Uh, there is no option about that. It's either obey God or disobey God obey God and help missions and soul winning and and the, and the church and and the things of God or do your own thing and disobey God. That's the only option you have. So if we're going to, if we're going to be real Christians, Christ like ones imitators of Jesus and you know, all the things we've done all these years, it's cost so much It's just because we, we would be somewhere and, and we would see a need And that's what success is. T.L. Osborne said to us decades and decades and decades ago, he said, he said success is finding and seeing a need and meeting it. Seeing a problem and solving it. Finding someone in darkness and bring them to light. Finding somebody in captivity and setting them free. That's success. And so, so many times I've gone to a country to preach a crusade or do a pastor's conference or do something else. And all of a sudden I'd see some other need. And God said, I want you to do that. He'd redirect me. And I want you to do that. I remember being in, being in Romania, you know, I don't know, 25, 30 years ago. And uh, went there just to help an orphanage that I didn't even know is just a friend of mine, Pastor Terry Maris. He's in Del Rio, Texas now, pastor, and uh, he's in Arkansas at that time. But Pastor Terry and his lovely wife, Dorcas, dear friends of mine, partners of our ministry, um, family friends. Uh, he and Dorcas had adopted uh, a, a little girl from Romania. They've adopted four now, but at that time they adopted one. A little girl from Romania. And so I was preaching for Terry and Dorcas at their church in Arkansas. And uh, I finished preaching Sunday morning, finished preaching Sunday night, gave the altar call, prayed for the sick, and then I turned it back to the pastor. And I sat down in the front row, I'm ready to go home. And so pastor stood up to dismiss. And when he did, he started crying. And he said, folks, he's talking to his congregation, he said, folks, he said, the orphanage where we just adopted uh, our baby from, Isabella from, uh, excuse me, Mirabella from, uh, he said, uh, they don't have any water in their orphanage. And he said, the plumbing is bad, so they can't get water. And he said, the the winter's coming and the winters are harsh in Romania and said, it's it's going to be bad and they have no water. He said, now, somebody gave them copper tubing. Somebody in Scandinavia sent them all kinds of copper tubing, but they don't have a clue how to, how to plumb with copper tubing. And he said, so they have no water. And he's just crying. So he said, please pray with me. Please pray with me. Please pray with me. And I'm sitting there on the front row listening to him. And I just raised my hand. I said, Pastor. He said, what, well, Brother Terry? I said, let's go plummet. He said, what? I said, let's go plummet. If they need plumbing, let's go plummet. Now, I'm not a plumber. I know nothing about plumbing. And he said to me, you'd go? I said, well, yeah, I'll go. I said, I'm not a plumber. I know nothing about plumbing, but I, I, there are people that do know how. And I said, we'll just get some master plumbers, and we'll go over there and plumb the thing. And I said, now, now, I don't want to go to Europe. I said, God's called me somewhere else. I don't want to go to Romania. I, I don't like the. I, I hate I hate the communist bloc and I hate (laughs) communism. I despise communism Mm. and I don't like communists. And I've backed a few against the wall over the years and told them so. But anyway, that's another story. But uh, I said, uh, that's been a communist country for 50 years. And I said, I don't want to go there. And uh, I said, but I'll go and see to it that this thing's plumbed. Mm. But I said, but when I'm there, I'll do a pastor's conference. I'll call some pastors and train them in the word of faith. And I said, and you're going to go with me to do that while somebody else plums, you're going to go with me to the pastor's conference. And I'm going to teach you how to do a pastor's conference, and then I'll never have to go back again, and you can just go do pastor's conferences. Well, that didn't work out so well because I've been going back there every year for 25, 30 years, whatever it is. About
1: 22, 21, 22. Is that how long it is? Yeah.
0: And so, uh, so we went. But I just put out a message to my partners and friends and said I need some master plumbers. Mm-hmm. And so I had them call me and said, "What do you need? What do you need? What do you need?" And I said, "I need you to go to Romania and plum a orphanage for a little bunch, a little bunch of little girls that don't have any water and winter's coming." And I, said, they said, well, "I'll go." And I said, "All right." I said, "Listen, there's no Lowe's, there's no Ace Hardware, there's no Home Depot." <laughs> so I said, "If you think, it's if sure you not. if you think you might need something, take it with you." Because there's no way we can, if we get need a little elbow, uh, we can run down the and buy that. So take everything. These guys showed up at the airport, with these monster <laughs> heavy tool chests. I mean, we paid so much money in overweight baggage, but those plumbers went over there. I mean, about twelve of us, wasn't it, Lynn? About twelve of us, something like that, and went over there. And I and even even some women went, and a, a pregnant lady, dear little sweetheart <laughs> of a girl, that have been partnering with me since she's a teenager and having her first baby and her and her husband went and, uh, and 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 she worked there with those plumbers. I mean just with those ladies work from Kinsey to Kinsey mm-hmm. and the plumbers work from Kinsey to Kinsey. And then Terry and I did pastors conference and taught the word of God. But we plumbed that thing and uh, you know, so God redirected what I normally do you know to where now all of a sudden he got me into <laughs> heavy duty orphans and not only orphans but the 18 the year old girls in romania that get kicked out on the street when they're on their 16th birthday oh, excuse me on their 18th birthday they get kicked on the street and usually become prostitutes or drug runners or go into human trafficking and so so we started building homes for them and taking in the 18 year old girl i mean well, a whole thing started out going to plumb that orphanage you know uh and, and of course i still go back every year into a pastor's conference And of course, we just were able Christmas time to give to 22 nations for orphans and thirty five orphanages and and, and feeding five feeding programs around the world just to do that because we've got to do something for the glory of God. And I refuse to give God something that costs me nothing. We're about out of time.
1: Well, you know, that's the whole focus and purpose, Uh, especially, you know, we started off talking the program about uh, not losing focus and uh, keeping your family aware of the Kingdom of God during the summer, so that we keep our, our purpose out there and our focus on what actually church is all about, what the work of God is all about, and uh, getting your family involved. Get a map of the world and put it up in your home. And over the summer, teach your children, nations of the world that your church may be involved in. Just just look
0: at what our partners accomplished just over Christmas time doing that. That, That just normal people, Christians around the country that love us and love God, we were able together to do that.
1: Well, that's right, our time's gone for today. We're so glad you've joined us and we are praying for you. We appreciate all of our partners and we wanna tell you one more time, you are...
0: More than conquerors.
1: God bless you.